Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Take the Cake listeners, and welcome back to the show. Today, I am interviewing Sydney, aka French Squirrel. You may know her on Instagram as French Squirrel or TikTok, and she also has her own brand called French Squirrel, which is available in a variety of stores all over the country, but especially here in Los Angeles. Um, And she is such a wealth of knowledge. We talk about her experience of body image. We talk about her experience with recovery. We talk about saying yes. We talk about freedom at restaurants, which I know is something we struggle with when we have eating disorders. And her approach to restaurants are amazing. She actually does um, tons of like amazing restaurant reviews, especially here in LA. And, you know, I live in LA, so I benefit greatly from her doing these amazing reviews. Um, We talk about abundance mindset and she just shares with me about her journey. So it's a very, very inspiring conversation. I hope that y'all love it and enjoy listening to Sydney. All right, take the cake. We have Sydney here. I'm so pumped to talk to you. You are awesome. Truly, it kind of seems like you're living the dream. How do you feel when I say that? <laughs> thank you. That's so sweet. Um, thank you, Kate, and everyone that's listening to this. Um, we actually connected on Instagram which is wild in itself. And I feel that some of my strongest friendships have been through Instagram. So I love it. Thank you. That's amazing. I feel like that too. Like I love meeting people on Instagram. And I think that for some reason, influencers don't have a great reputation, which I guess I understand, but like every single influencer event I've gone to, yeah, of course, there's like maybe some people here and there that I don't really talk to, but people are so nice. Yeah. Everyone's just looking to make friends at the end of the day. Yeah. Everyone like just wants to connect and so creative and fun to connect with people. Yeah. I was going to ask you how you started your account because I actually don't know the answer. Oh. To that. I started, so I was modeling. And then I was just doing like modeling content, but I didn't have that many followers. Like everyone I've that followed me were just like fellow models and like my friends and family. And then I remember posting a story and it was me like in a bra, something like that. And it was like, there's going to be some new type of content on here. Like it's going to be recovery focused. And it was such a big deal for me to post that. Like, I think like five people saw it, but it was such a big deal. Yeah, that's huge. huge yeah. Deal. Yeah. How about you? Um, I would say in a similar sense, me starting my food Instagram was me rediscovering my love for food after previously restricting as well. So kind of just like falling in love with food again. I was always into cooking since I was little. And then once I got to college and then became aware of my body and had people commenting different things, it shifted how I viewed food. And then me creating my food Instagram was my way to start creating recipes to go out to restaurants and review them. And, and to this day, just like 
you're, you said right now, I mean, I'm sure more than five people viewed that. I know you're saying it's not a big deal, but the, the, the content that I post that gets the most engagement is that is Mm -hmm. those, those raw moments of, Hey, I'm struggling with this, but I'm taking you along on my journey and you're doing the same thing. You're amazing. I already, we just connected and I'm like, she rocks like so cool. (laughs) Okay. So you kind of got into it a a little bit more. Do you mind going a little bit more into detail about just how your relationship with food started or Mm -hmm. like when you can remember and all the way up till now? Yeah. Yeah. So first I guess food and body image are very heavily linked. I don't think that you can separate the two, at least for me. Um, but, uh, I remember, I know this is quote unquote abnormal, but I don't remember really having self-awareness for the way my body looked until college. And I know that's kind of late compared to what's going on with girls now. And I know it's not, there's no timeline. It's just, I was like, okay, that's interesting that I never even realized what I looked like until sophomore year of college. And I remember going to the doctor and it was a checkup, like annual physical and male doctor, just run of the mill guy. And (laughs) he, yeah, I just have not, I, nothing against him. I don't know. I don't think it was with malintent, you know? So, and for all he knows, he's the one who catapulted me into starting French Squirrel. So you never know, maybe there's a reason for everything, but he, I was, I was a sophomore in college and he said, you know, you could lose a couple pounds, like just out of nowhere, you could lose around three to five pounds, which is actually like nothing. Okay. Yeah. And he says this to me and I didn't ask for any of this. You know, he just was commenting and he goes, instead of eating the whole burger, why don't you try half? And instead of eating the whole cookie, why don't you try Mm. half? And I never had heard such a thing. And I was always so intuitive with how I ate. It was just, I ate the whole burger when I wanted to. And then I ate half the burger when I wanted to. It was never a thought. Then after that conversation, it sent me in a downward spiral. Of course. And and, I mean, only naturally. And after I lost weight, people were commenting, wow, you look so good. And I'm like, well, did I not look good before? I mean you know, and I'm sure, you know, all of this and I, and there are so many commonalities between my story and, you know, those of other women too. And I'm sure you can relate to a lot of this too. And so I just, it just kept going and going. And I, I would say it was more so orthorexia, which I know that you've talked about on your page before, which is the obsession with eating clean, whatever that means, eating healthy, Um, it wasn't that I, you know, it was definitely um, the amount of food was an issue, but it was more so like obsession with, with what was clean, you know, and over exercising. And then when I came back a year later, after losing that weight, the doctor didn't even notice. The least he could do was notice. Notice. Didn't even notice. Remember my mom was saying, are you going to comment on anything? 
like the fact that, you know, so it was just obviously a comment in passing that didn't mean a lot to him, but meant a lot to me, you know? Of course. And yeah. So that just showed me also how one person's comment can really like everyone takes things differently. And anyways, I don't, I don't want to go on and on, but I had a great body image, I believe, until that time that was really kind of like the trigger for me. And then I would overexercise and not eat enough to fuel my body. And so I remember that being a thing where I went to college too. So in the sorority house, living with 42 other girls, and you would hear people commenting about, oh, well, I'm going to only eat that. Um, this is too late to eat this and blah, 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 blah. And it's just a lot of messaging, you know? And so now I would say after it's been years now and today I'm in the best place I've ever been with food and body image, but it did not, it was a long journey and I'm still on it because yeah. I think I, I said this to some, someone recently and it was actually the first time that I verbalized this. And I don't know if you can relate. I think before I used to say no to everything. Like when my friends would say, do you want to get Froyo? Like I love frozen yogurt. That's my mm -hmm. favorite thing ever. I would say no, because I was like, oh, that's not healthy. Even though I know I, I've loved that since I was a kid. Then in recovery, if you will, because I, I'm always hesitant to use that word because I feel like I was never diagnosed, but I, I it's more of a self-diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say yes to all the frozen yogurt things. Oh, you want to get dessert? You want to do this? You want to get eat this? Do you want to try this burger here? Do you want to try this thing here? Just everything. And I would say yes to everything because it was more so like I'm trying to to heal from that period of restriction. And now for the first time ever, I'm trying to find this like in between that's like saying no, because I just really don't want the frozen yogurt, not because of any health reason. So I don't know if you can relate to that, but kind of just not so much. Yes. And not so much. No, just really, what do I want? You know? Yeah, of course I can relate. It sounds like you're just working on being present. Just, yeah not having any rule, no food rules, no absolutes, no absolute yes, no absolute no, which exactly. is great. It's super healthy. Yeah. That's my, that's my current focus. Exactly. Is Beautiful. just kind of finding that, that middle ground. And to say that, you know, I still don't like struggle. That's a lie. Of course, everybody still does have those thoughts. If you've been through it, you know, but what I've learned is it's not about like the absence of those thoughts. It's about quieting those thoughts. Like you have it and then, okay, how do I just realize that this is an irrational thought? Like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of crazy when you say some of the things out loud. Oh yeah. That's like half of the coaching I do is people are like, I'm like, tell me more about that. Then they just like have these like mini or big realizations as yeah. they're speaking. Cause it just, yeah. I mean, when, like you're, you're so right. I'm thinking about when you said in your sorority, all the, and just in life and society, like yeah. weight loss, diet, culture, clean eating, anything that falls into that category is so normalized. But when you actually break it down and like have your own relationship with it and have your own voice in the matter, 
Mm-hmm. You're like, that's quirky. That's weird. That's selfish. Like there's just, it's not yeah. normal when you verbalize it. Yeah. And I think that helps, which is why it's so important, you know, for, for people that are working with you and you, you play such an important role in women's lives too, because you're making them, you're allowing them to voice things and voicing it makes it sound stupid. And I don't mean stupid. It's still valid, but it's just like, Oh, like, why did I even think that? Like it helps to say it out loud. Um, I remember in my sorority, we would have breakfast out every single day and these girls would cut half the banana. Like what? Why? And they would yeah. say that the whole banana was too fattening. And then I found myself. Wait, they said the whole banana was too fattening? Yeah. So then. That's not, that's not right. <laughs> I know. So then I had to train myself out of that. And I kept working my way up until I would eat the full banana again, which sounds so silly, but I, I now put the whole thing in my smoothie. I now put the whole thing on my toast because it's training myself out of that, those comments, because I realized that was so dumb. It's, it's a food. It doesn't like what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's also a fruit. So just, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense, but yeah, that's, that's hard. Nature intended it to be a whole fruit. I don't know. I think about that too. Like it was grown to be a single serving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. When you cut, when you cut a banana in half, it gets kind of brown. It's not as good. (laughs) I know There are consequences to that. Do you, Um, do you find like, for example, what I, cause you do coaching, did you find that what I said, do you see commonalities with that? Or if it's with like- my other clients and yes. myself, yes. of yes. course, absolutely. Yeah. Your story is, I mean, of course you're unique and special. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, eating disorders are, there's, first of all, self-diagnosis. A lot of people don't get diagnosed. It's yeah. kind of tough to get diagnosed. Um, right. So I'm all for it. Um it's, there's a relationship with yourself. There's a lack of self-trust, maybe a need for control. I just posted a reel on this actually. Um, and it's like, if you're afraid of gaining weight, you might be, and it was like some other reasons that are deeper than weight. And you couldn't even replace that for yes. the weight gain for anything else, like just eating yeah. what you want, you know? Your um, reels are great, by the way. Like they're, oh, they're thank you so much. I save I so many of your reels. Oh my God. Oh, thanks. <laughs> they're very helpful in living in LA. We'll talk about that later. I got okay, a question after. about that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Your story, definitely. There's lots of commonalities. Um, lots of people struggle with like portion. Mm-hmm. Maybe it sounds like you're, I don't know you that well in your recovery that well, um, but it sounds like maybe there was some sort of like lack of self-trust or need for control or something like that. I don't know what that is true. And even when you said the portion thing, um, that is what resonates with me currently because now I've allowed really all foods. I have no more food rules, like gone out the window. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love doing my restaurant reviews and posting because I kind of just, if someone says to get something there, I'll try it regardless of whatever food rules I had before. doesn't matter. I enjoy it. But I think the portion thing is what I still work on and kind of just really 
eating intuitively. And I know that that will come with time because once you allow everything, then you really, you establish this trust with your body and you're able to say, okay, well, I know that I can have that at any time. So, you know, I can just eat it. And I don't know what your opinion on this is, but for example, I'll be traveling and they'll say, whoever they is like, people, friends, you need to try this specific thing. And it's almost like, I know I won't ever get that experience again. And I think that I tend to go overboard with Mm -hmm. it when I need to realize there are plenty of spicy vodka rigatonis every just because it's the best one that's in Austin, Texas doesn't mean that it's like, I need to just make myself sick over it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of what, where I'm at now is just cause it's not special. It's totally. Just yeah. I mean, I, okay. I love that you just said that my, yeah. one of my favorite things is a side note. I'm going to answer your question a little bit, but one of my okay. favorite things is when my clients are like, I'm bored with talking about food and body. And I'm like, yes, let's yes. talk about other stuff. Like let's integrate 100%. recovery into other parts of your life because it's yes. way deeper than that. Yeah. Um, so I love that you said that. So yeah, it sounds to me like it's, it sounds like scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset where, right. you know, you never know if you're going to be in Austin, Texas again, and maybe you won't be, but you're, you coached yourself. Like you talked to yourself just now and you were like, I know that it's not special. And like, that's not what I want. That's not what my body's telling me. Like if I scan a menu and I'm really hungry, like all of it can look good sometimes depending on the menu. And, you know, you have to be decisive and, and pick one or two or three, depending on, you know, whatever the restaurant is, how hungry you are. Yeah. But like, yeah, it sounds like just living in abundance mindset and being like, there are endless, like every single day I get to eat, you know, every single day I get to try new things. So just not living in scarcity and knowing that like there will be more opportunities for you. I think it's great. That's a sign that you just said that too, because on my July intentions that I posted, I, I wrote be around people who have an abundance mindset versus a scarcity. What? Oh my gosh. I I promise I didn't see that. That's so cool. Maybe I did with some consciously. Yeah, that's true because it just, I think that being around and my, and my friends have been a huge help with this. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you relate to it at all, but kind of, I was always, envious of those who were just kind of whatever about Mm -hmm. food like this is just another meal another thing and there's no emotion tied to it and of course everyone has some emotional eating it's normal in a sense but being around those friends who just ordered food without giving it any thought I was like I I want that I want that that carelessness still mindfulness because I watch it. It's, it's intuitive. Mm -hmm. They order what they want and they stop when they're full. And there's no thinking about body image, food, hunger cues, fullness cues. And of course, like that's, this is what helps, you know, people like us heal from what we were going through. But sometimes I'm just like, wow, that would be to just exist. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like you're on your way. And I mean, 
Thanks. It sounds like you're closer than you I think. I am on my way. I'm on my way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I believe that like our bodies want to be in homeostasis. Like our bodies yeah. don't want to be uncomfortably full. Our bodies don't want to be, you know, I mean, if you have extreme hunger and recovery, then yes, maybe they do. But, you know, our bodies want to reach a place of homeostasis where right. they feel safe and secure. And, you know, I tell a lot of my clients and I subscribe to the belief that like, our bodies, like they'll, they'll, it, it, it all balances out. I don't subscribe to this 24 hour period of eating changes the way you're going to eat tomorrow. And by that, I mean, like what I eat on Monday depend, like it's longer than that. Like what you eat tomorrow might depend on your relationship with food that you've had for years or what you eat tomorrow might yeah, right. not depend on that. Like you can't quantify it within like a 24 hour period or within like whatever. So I just think it's the body knows and you got to just give it time and like, you know, just yeah. the abundance. And I think with that, you're, you're obviously correct. We are body. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yes. Want to be in, it is, I've been, most people need to hear this because so many like yo-yo dieters that I just know in LA myself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what is it going to take for you to realize it doesn't work? Um, yeah. And so I, I vowed to myself that I would never do that again. I would never restrict any certain food group or anything like that because I even realized I know we can get into this too, because we, you know, as, as women, um, I'm also very passionate about the topic of food and body image as it relates to getting your period, like our, our menstrual cycles. And I lost my period for almost three years mm. when I was not eating enough. And when I was over exercising and I, that was a sign to me. And I always tell people this, that the, your period is a sign of if your body is healthy or not. It It's actually beautiful. And it's kind of like a flashing light. If it's something's wrong, if it's missing, that means your body isn't in homeostasis. Something is off balance. And it pains me to hear this from other girls. And they're just like, oh yeah, I'm not getting my period, whatever. It's not whatever. It's not. Like, yeah. It's, it, that's the sign that like your, your vehicle, your car isn't working. Like it needs, you know, it's yeah. like when you, when your car has a light that says, get, I need service, you know, like maintenance, you don't ignore it. You go bring it in for service. Mm -hmm. So I lost it for almost three years. And now I, after developing, you know, I feel as though my body is in homeostasis getting it consistently every single month and it's healthy. And it, what's interesting is I know my body so well that when I actually drop below a certain weight, not that I've even quantify it anymore. I just know, or if I'm stressed out, mm -hmm. I won't get my period. Yeah. It's a big messenger. She's a, she's a divine signal that can help us, you know, and like you said, guide us. There's so many aspects of our physical body that like talk to us. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of people will take their symptoms, whether it is like missing period or painful period or like digestion or they have headache, whatever it might be like a physical symptom, even injury. And then we blame ourselves. Like 
naturally we're just reactive. We're like, oh, like this is me. It's myself. It's like a self-worth thing. Whereas I think, you know, when we start to enter into like the recovery mindset, that's Mm -hmm. when we can be like, oh, I've just manifested this problem throughout my life and it's my responsibility to fix it. And I can, I can do something about it. And I think it's like really empowering when, when women make that choice and, you know, it's not sustainable. Yeah, Yeah. It's a choice. Yeah. Um, this is a random question. I wanted to talk to you about this. What is your opinion on what I eat in the day videos? (laughs) And further, because I have my own opinion on them and I've done them in the past. But the other thing that personally bothers me is like the clip at the front of their body before the food. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so this is what I have to eat to look like that. I just am imagining like what I eat in the day when somebody's like like a thumbnail where someone's like super bloated, like nobody would click on that. I mean, I would, but I mean, yeah, I just it's beyond me because like we all know it's you could eat and exercise the same way as somebody and you would still look completely different because it's genetics. I mean, that's are so many factors, but that's one. I think my my opinion on what I eat is I also used to do them. I don't do them anymore because a lot of my clients, you know, they look up to me and I don't want anyone, especially my clients, but anyone to compare themselves to me in a way that makes them feel bad about themselves. So I don't do them. I think most of the time I would say, nah, because I, okay. When I had my eating disorder, people used to say like, it wasn't as common this idea, but a lot of, I just randomly hear and see people say things like, only the only people who really watch what I eat in the days are people who have like a disordered relationship with food, especially the ones with the, like you said, the body checking in the beginning or whatever. Yes. Um, not like the recipe ones, like whatever, those are fine. But like, right. you know, the ones where like it's body focused and all those buzzwords like intuitive eating and whatever. Um, detox water. I'm oh like, geez. Oh, yeah. Even worse. God. So bad. Um, but I remember being like, no, I just like watching them. Like it's not disordered. I just like watching them. And now that I'm recovered, I don't, I don't care about them. I do not yeah. want to watch them. I do not waste my time. Not because I'm like, oh, I shouldn't watch it. Like I literally do not care about what somebody eats. It doesn't I, even matter. I so that too. yeah. So it's just like, oh, okay. I can, I can see it now that I'm on the other side. So for some people it's very supportive. And I don't want to like disqualify anyone by saying that. I just think you have to be mindful about who, who you're watching and be really straight up with yourself. Like if you are eating differently because somebody else is sharing with you that doesn't even know you, that is a problem. You're not able to listen to yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, now that you just said that, that made me realize I don't actually even finish the whole thing. Like I'll start to watch it. And then I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because you realize that it's like, once you found your groove, then you don't need an, you don't seek any like, okay. I think it's because now it's like I said, I vowed to myself, I would never even try anything like what I did again. So mm-hmm. now I don't need to look at what anyone else is doing because I don't, I frankly don't care. Totally. It sounds like you just have discovered internal validation and you just don't need external validation anymore. 
No, no, you're it comes right. Comes to food, which is great. It's right. very, very freeing. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Yeah, I don't post them anymore either. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think it's a gray area thing, but most of the time, especially for people with eating disorders, I'd say it is. And I'm. And I know that that's some of my following. I do, and so I think it's important to be mindful of your audience. And I. That's why I think what you just said too. In the, I mean, the in the beginning about how some clients will say to you, like, "I'm done talking about food." That's happened to me, and. I used to post why I'm eating certain things Mm -hmm. and I stopped doing that recently. I'm just like, Oh, this is, I, I honestly don't want to tell anybody what to eat anymore. Why? And of course there's the education piece. That's always important, Mm -hmm. but I found myself stopped. I stopped doing that a while ago because I realized I was like, I don't really want to tell anybody to shame anyone for eating this versus that when I just don't care anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course I care what I put in my body, but I don't want to be here to tell other people why they should eat that same thing too. Yeah. It sounds like a separation of identity. Like for, for people with a disordered relationship with food, their identity can kind of be wrapped up in what they eat, which Mm -hmm. I think is, is okay in bits bits and pieces and for some types of people like you know athletes or chefs like obviously there's some careers and lifestyles where it matters more what you eat and it does matter what you eat of course we want to treat our body with kindness and be balanced and have fun foods and nourishing foods all that stuff but like it doesn't have to be a such a big part of your identity and so I think that sounds really healthy right thank you I wanted to ask you how you like started French Squirrel and just your story behind it. Cause I just, it's, you're so <laughs> successful and just so cool seeing you bop around and, you know, all your little <laughs> goodies in the stores and everything. People love them. So tell um, me about your story. Thank you. First of all, I love the word that you chose bopping around <laughs> because that's what I feel like. Like everyone will ask me, Oh, would you do this weekend? Like you just squirrel around. <laughs> Whirling has just become, you know, just that's become the word. Um, I thank you, first of all, very sweet of you. Uh, the whole thing started off as an accident, but uh, it, it does all relate to my story that I shared in the beginning. And a lot of people don't know that when they first see French Pearl, they don't know that it started off from my recovery from my, you know, disordered eating patterns. And I, how it started was, and this is interesting because I wrote this down because I, I realized this connection as you were talking and I went on a yoga retreat after college and I got into yoga as a way to also heal from my body image issues as well, because I was exercising and like killing myself on the treadmill and yoga was just a really nice way for me to slow down and get in touch with my body. And I did it for the first time in like a month this weekend. And I always say, why don't I, I need to continue this more because I know that it's like my savior and it's important for me to do more. 
Um, and so I go on this yoga retreat after college. And this is before I started my full-time job, uh, because I work at Erewhon actually in their corporate offices. So French squirrel is not my full-time job. Um, I mean, it's my full-time job, but not my nine to five, I guess. And I, before I started at Erewhon, I said, I wanted to go on the yoga retreat. I found, um, a, a yoga retreat. Then the name is called synchronicity. And I found the yoga instructor, his name is Kevin and we're friends now. And Kevin, I found him on randomly on the third page of Google. And I end up going on a retreat with him and I meet all these amazing people. And I didn't know what Bali was going to be like. I didn't know if there was going to be food, snacks, like in hindsight, it was out of a scarcity mindset. And that's why I'm thinking about this now Mm -hmm. and a lack of security that there was not going to be food when I got to Bali. So I made these protein bites, which are now berets, but I made those protein bites and I put them in a little Tupperware and I closed it up brought it on the plane with me to Bali. And I was like, okay, these are great. Just my pro peanut butter protein bites that were made with really good ingredients. And they were, um, you know, sweet, but not sweet, that not too sweet where it would spike my blood sugar. Cause I'm also really passionate about that too. That's another conversation. <laughs> um, and so I brought them to Bali and then when I, and I love them, like I would literally eat so many before a workout after we did yoga and, it was kind of also my way of fueling my body because it was my own snack and it was delicious and filled with really good ingredients. And then when I came back home, I continued to make them when I started working at Air One in the in our offices. So I would leave them in the fridge there and I would eat them around like 3, 4 p.m. when I kind of needed like a, a snack to get me through um, because I realized too, I used to only like allow myself to eat like apples and nuts or like mm. carrots and and hummus or whatever, you know? And I was like, I, the beret, which is, I just called them protein bites at the time, but a beret just means a French, it's a French hat. And so they just look like little French hats. And it was you know, it was, it, it was a way for me to have my chocolate craving, but not with like, didn't, wasn't a candy bar. It was like, Mm -hmm. it's a hundred percent pure dark chocolate over it. And I loved it. And it was my afternoon treat, but I don't even like to say treat because they're so good for you that I think treat is like synonymous with like, oh, well you, you know, the whole thing about deserving, you don't, you, you always can, you don't need to like earn a treat. Mm -hmm. I don't, Mm -hmm. I, I hate that word. Um, so that's why I always say, you know, the berets aren't really meant to be a dessert. People eat them as, as a dessert, but for me, it was meant as like an actual like day-to-day snack that I ate almost every day. And then my boss, who is my mentor, he always knew I wanted to start my own business. And he's like, these are amazing. He, and cause he had me, you know, he goes, why can't I try one? And I gave him one. He goes, you need to start your own business. And you need to start making these. And I thought he was crazy. And the actual beautiful thing about all of this is that if I was actually in the midst of my eating disorder, this could not have been possible. Like Mm -hmm. this was only possible because I had recovered from everything that I had gone through. 
I had to taste every batch. I had to do multiple rounds of testing and half my body was made of peanut butter and chocolate (laughs) by the end of like summer of 2020, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if I, and I remember even those thoughts coming in when I had to try everything, I was like, I'm not even hungry yet. I'm shoving myself with like all these nut butters and chocolate and, you know, uh, maple syrup and whatever. But if I was not in the place that I am now, that would have, the business would not have taken off. The only reason why it did is because I'm in the place that I am now, which is a place of food freedom. And I really hope that people can feel that when they see the product. And that's why I'm not calorie focused or numbers focused on the package. It doesn't say the number of grams of protein. It does on the back, of course, like on the nutrition facts legally per the FDA, but But it's not what I want. I don't want people to pick up the product because it's X amount of calories or because it's X amount of grams of protein. If that's not the way the French are. And when I studied in France, I learned that Europeans aren't this way. They don't, they don't track. They're so, they're so healthy. Yeah. I mean, and they live I, I, way longer lives. Yeah, yeah. Even with cigarette smoke, they. I was live gonna say that's what I was gonna say. They like, drink yeah. tons of wine and smoke cigarettes, and they're healthy. They're healthier yeah. in general. So that was that was a you know quick version. Obviously, I'm skipping a ton, which yeah. is the whole process of setting up the business, like logistically, and then a few a year later after, you know, everything has been organic so far. I have not really, I'm blessed, but I haven't been able, I haven't put any money towards marketing really because of my French dot squirrel. My personal food account was the way that I was able to like talk to everyone through Mm -hmm. that. I, I wasn't just like, Oh, Hey, here's a product. I'm like, this is my story. And this is why I made these. Yeah, you're you know? fa- you're like a the face of the brand, and that's so just drives so many sales. I'm sure because you are who you are, and like people want to support you, and you make good, you make good yummy food. So Thank of course, you. people and so cool. I, and I know they're in French names, but berets are the protein bites, and bateaux are boats in French. And then we do the stuffed dates, mm-hmm. just just a date stuffed with nut butter coated in the hundred percent cacao. And I realized that's my favorite pre workout because I also believe in fueling your body before workout. If you if you're hungry, of course. I mean, sometimes I I don't even know if that's true because sometimes I'm not even hungry, but I know that you'll get hungry. <laughs> I'll get hungry. That has yeah. happened to me. Where I'll be in the middle of a workout and be like, why didn't I eat something before? So I I always eat a stuffed date before I go to the gym and it's the best pre-workout. And I was like, you know, I'm not the inventor of stuffed dates. I know you've seen them, Kate, all over Instagram, (laughs) but I was like, why has nobody packaged this? Yeah, true. That was my realization. Beautiful. I love that. Look at you saying like, so cool how life presented these opportunities and you were able to, like, you were in a space to say yes. And that's another deeper, um, aspect of recovery that I think, you know, a lot of people are afraid of stepping into their potential. And that's something that, like you said, you were able to do because you had, a you know, better relationship with food and yourself and everything. So beautiful. I love, I know you, 
wanted me to dive into the food industry aspect too. And I purposely, I just wanted to say this too. I purposely put myself in the food industry to whether I did it knowingly or unknowingly, I did it to really challenge myself. It was Mm -hmm. on purpose. It was intentional. Mm -hmm. I worked at press juicery in college where they would make the freeze, you know, the press juice freeze. Yeah. I've never had it. Surprisingly. (laughs) It's good, but it's not, it's It's not Froyo. It's not Froyo. As long as you know that, then, you know, uh, and I perp- I remember I was not in the best place while working there. And like food wise, I was working on it. I was like, I was sort of in my recovery mm-hmm. and I purposely got a job there so that I could be surrounded by everything that I quote unquote, like made off limits to myself. So like vegan marshmallows, chocolate chips, nut butters, and all these things that were like fear foods for me. Mm. I purposely put myself in front of it because that's how you conquer your fear. And I realized I'm like, okay, I'm going to just, I went to, when I would go to work every day and be in front of the, all those toppings, it was hard for me at first. It was really hard. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. now it's not like that anymore. Of course. Beautiful. You're like a motivated type that loves to challenge and like, you're like, let's heal this thing. Like, let's do yeah. this. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I hope that that inspires other women because yeah. I know that there's so many people who are struggling. And sometimes I wish I'm like, you're right. I was, I was just saying, I'm going to heal this thing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, it was a challenge for me. I'm going to fix this because I mm-hmm. don't want to feel this way. And I want to give that to other women, but I know not everybody deals with their issues in the same way. So it's hard for me to watch it sometimes when I see other girls, you know, everyone's on their, yeah, everyone's on their own journey and the timing of their journey has to be theirs. Like they have to, we have to make our own story, right. We have to learn to make our story right and correct so that, um, we can feel like we can honor our suffering and not do it for other people. So yeah. it's, it is so inspiring though. I mean, obviously I asked you to be on take the cake for a reason. Like I'm super inspired by your, oh, your story. You. And of course, like I can relate to you. And I think it's interesting how you're like, a lot of people don't know this, but I en- entered into this um, to challenge myself or, yeah. you know, it was tough. I feel like just relating to you eating, eating in body image wise. Like I kind of feel like, I knew that already, or I, I could guess that, you know, and that's why yeah. I was like, I want to talk to her because I can imagine. And that's kind of what I did as well in a lot of ways in my life. So like just pursuing recovery and everything. So Thank I love you. it. I love your story. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I got a couple of questions on Instagram. We can breeze through some of those. Um, One of them I really want to know myself too is how did you become okay with eating out at restaurants? Somebody asked that. Mm, That's a really good question. I think, and I got comments about that too, a few months ago saying someone, one of my friends like, wow, I'm so proud of you that like, go you, that you were able to just eat that, uh, 
that burrata toast or whatever it was at the restaurant. And I, that was like, that was a no before, like many years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I shock myself to this day. How did I, because I realized, I, I realized a life is too short to not try the things that are like well known at these places like going out to restaurants is fun it's supposed to be an enjoyable experience and that that's point a and b i realized just like when people want to get healthier i guess they think that one day of eating is going to make them healthier you know like i'm just going to do one day of a juice cleanse and I'm going to be golden. It's not. It's what you do every single day that matters. It's when you meditate every day. Mm-hmm. It's when you eat beautiful fruits and vegetables every day. But the inverse is also true. You eating, you know, oily fried foods or a food that you wouldn't normally eat or that's deemed by society as bad. I'm not saying it's bad that also won't change your body in one day. So I realized I'm not eating out at restaurants every day. So that one hour at, at a rant on a random Thursday night, going to going to Marvin right here in West Hollywood, where I can enjoy a bur- one of the best burrata toasts I've ever had. Um, of course, is it burrata toast or ricotta? I don't even know. Now I'm getting ricotta, maybe ricotta. ricotta. Burrata is the cheese that you like cut into like a ball and you cut into it and it kind of like melts. Is it ricotta? Maybe it's ricotta. Let's toast. find okay. out. Yeah. I haven't had I haven't well, had it. So anyways, it's so good. It's one of my favorite restaurants. It's a little French restaurant. And it reminds me of my time in France. And it's a wine bar as well. And they do um, amazing pasta, amazing toast. And I realized I was like that is not going to change the way I look. It's what I'm doing every day, which is I'm confident that the way that I eat is, is healthy for me. Mm-hmm. So eating something that's not quote unquote in my normal, you know, isn't going to change anything. And I know so many people who are petrified of eating out at restaurants because they don't know what oils are used. I mean, I don't want to live that life. Mm -mm. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's true. I mean, I've been there before too, of being like, yeah, I, I, I'm going to, maybe I was scared. I was going to just go out of control and like, or gain weight from one. Yeah. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. So true. And like, it sounds really sustainable what you're doing because you're, you, you said it, you're touching on other aspects of health, like socialization, pleasure, um, you know, going, changing up your environment, like treating yourself, all these things, like eating delicious food, all of these things are really important parts of life that if you're not, you know, getting to a a place where you can tap into them, like your body is in mind are going to be calling for them and you're going to feel deprived. So yeah, it's healthy and it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you use the word sustainable. That's exactly what it is. It's before it was not sustainable to be able to like, there are so many things in life that are out of your control 
where your family chooses to go to, to a restaurant, what food you have available in front of you. So that's true. It's not, it's not, it was not sustainable what I was doing. And now it, it really is. It's just, I can eat at any restaurant, any, any restaurant, but, mm. but I appreciate that question. That's that whoever asked that I appreciate it because that was also not easy for me to venture out and, and start to eat at restaurants again. Cause I used to really like it. Then when society's comments got in my way, I stopped and I lost a huge part of myself. So this is what, and though it's honestly funny because those are the videos that get the most views on my TikTok are restaurant reviews of this place, trying this place, trying a smash burger, trying all these things. And I realized like, that's what people want to see. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I have trouble like coming up with content that feels more like that content is fully me. It takes me a few minutes to do it because it's just natural. When you when I'm like sitting and thinking about what I want to create, it doesn't come. But because I like restaurants so much, it just I'm like, <laughs> I'm like can I come invite me next oh, yeah. time I want to meet? Um okay, let's do one more question. Um okay, this is another good one. Somebody said, kind of similar, maybe you have a similar answer. Somebody said, how do you navigate diet culture in Los Angeles? Especially Mm. working at Air One. I'm wondering if that's a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Maybe you can't say that. (laughs) No, no, no. It's like part of my job is also trying a lot of food, which was hard for me too, because it was always off of my schedule. Like if someone Mm. is telling me to try something, at 4 p.m. and it's a brisket sandwich that happened to me I think like maybe five days ago it was like 4 p.m. I was not I already had my snack and I was working and everyone was like you got to try this brisket sandwich is the best sandwich I've ever had and it was correct that that was the best sandwich I have (laughs) ever had I couldn't post it on Instagram because it's going to come to Erewhon soon and it's in a brisket sandwich. So when you know when that launches, it was the best thing I've ever had. Am I allowed to post this episode before that? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. (laughs) Yes. Um, But anyways, no, it's not a big deal. Um, How the question was, oh, oh, diet culture in LA. Oh, yeah. So here it's obviously way more prevalent than a lot of other cities in the US. I think I know it's easier said than done, but blocking the noise. For sure. And what you said is so true. Like I just kind of I don't need any external validation anymore. Mm-hmm. And I hear these comments all the time from people like, oh, I'm like I've lost X amount of pounds. And I'm like, for a second, I freak out because I'm like, I don't want to hear this. Like I just, it, it, it is triggering. I'm not going to lie to hear people say those things, but I, I have to realize that it's their journey. It has nothing to do with me. If someone's talking about being on the keto diet, I mean, good for you. It's not going to work long-term. So I think like I don't mean that in a bad way. Maybe it is. Maybe it can work long term for some people. Well, for you, it doesn't. And for most for people, me, I would say it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. So and I don't I realize it's it's, it's the, their journey. They'll figure it out. And I realized that be, the, the fact that there's even the phrase a diet trend 
means that it's mm. all BS because there's no uh, the way you eat shouldn't be a trend, you know? I think, yeah, it's like a trend because research and just like life has shown us that diets don't work. So yeah. it is so true. I think for me in LA, Okay. Yeah, I what heard do you this, do? Because yeah. I just like block the noise. I'm like, that block sounds the noise. No, I think, you know, just like working on your own relationship with food helps so yeah. much. Like I don't get triggered anymore when people say yeah. stuff to me, um, but it, it takes, it takes a while. It takes a lot of work to get there. I think for me, okay, this, so LA is huge and yeah. the world is huge and there are tons of different types of people. And so if you're going to compare yourself to other people, compare yourself to every single person in the world that you see, and you're going to feel pretty good about yourself. Because if you're just comparing yourself to like the diet culture people in LA or like the part of LA that, um, or like any city or whatever, the part of life, the part of Instagram, that's diet culture, like just zoom out and be like, imagine if like you could just see like basically like make the comparison fair, at least. Obviously I don't advise people to compare. I don't think it's ever healthy, but it's sometimes no, really I know difficult. What I know what so you mean. it's like in LA. Yeah. If you go down, you know, third street, you'll see creation juice or like, you'll see like bits and pieces of diet culture that are more prevalent, but like, you'll also see like amazing shopping. You'll also see like lots of different types of people. You'll see like a target, you know, you'll see uh, whatever. So I think, you know, just being mindful of you are probably just zooming in on this diet culture aspect of LA because you are in your own, you know, healing journey with diet culture. So just knowing that eventually you won't be there if you keep working on it and you can actually just see LA for what it really is, which is a massive city with Every single yeah. type of person in the world lives in LA. You know, you mm-hmm. can find anything there. You don't have to gravitate towards the diet culture. Right. And it's, and I think it's hard to accept that it'll always be around. It, it has to be. It's a, it's a moneymaker. Mm-hmm. And I think that knowing that too is like, okay, screw that. I mean, they, like the industry profits off of us not feeling good about ourselves. So I think, and and that's a whole nother conversation, but that's why I I just, I hear it and it goes in one ear out the other, because I realize that people that are talking about X, Y, Z diet that they're on are probably not happy. They're not happy. They're looking for external validation. Just like we talked about. And I remember that even though I looked maybe quote unquote thinner back then, I was so unhappy. Yeah. So unhappy. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to be, I don't ever want to be unhappy like that ever again. So when people say stupid stuff about whatever diet they're on in LA and I'm not going to eat this because of that, whatever. And before I remember I would used, I used to always be like, oh, I'm going to sub the brown rice for cauliflower rice. I was one of those. Okay. It's okay. Now, I think we all were for a sec. I think we all were. And now I'm like, I cannot even look at cauliflower rice. It's no. disgusting. It's I not don't know rice. If you feel the same way. I just, if I'm going to have cauliflower, I just eat the cauliflower as yeah. it is. Like, I don't you need know, to so, put it in yeah. another form. And, <laughs> and I think that it's just like leading by example about what you said. Like, everyone's on their own journey. And so I have friends that, and I'll sit at the dinner table. They'll still order the cauliflower rice. And I'll say, I'm just going to get it with the brown rice. Thanks. And I, 
it feels uncomfortable because I'm the only one out of the four girls who got the brown. Not if you're with me. Right. (laughs) And then I realized they I'm giving them permission. Oh, I love you. I love this. This is beautiful. Love that. I interrupted you you in your beautiful speech, but I permission to do so. And I, and I know it too, because, you know, if I say I could have dessert, then my friend will be like, Oh yeah, I actually could too. Totally. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being on take the cake. This was a great episode. You're amazing. Oh my God. Thank you. And seriously, I mean this like wholeheartedly your reels are amazing (laughs) and they're engaging. And it's about like, it's about diet culture and body image and female, um, like female empowerment, but in a way that's just relatable. It's not like you're trying to teach me something. Like I enjoy watching it. It's fun. So I please keep doing them. Thank you. I got to get back on TikTok. I took a mild little break, but you're inspiring me to get back. Yeah. We need a little break. Thank you so much. Same with you. I'll leave your information down below. Do you have like, obviously yeah. people can find um, your products at Air One. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anywhere else you sell? Yes. Yeah, so in, in California, we're at Air One. We're at Jimbo's in San Diego, Mother's Market, which is all by, you know, Newport um, mm-hmm. in, in that area. And in Berkeley. So a lot of people ask, are we in NorCal? So we're at Berkeley Bowl in, in Northern California. And then um, I'm obviously missing so many, but we're in Foxtrot, Central Market in Texas. And in New York, we have a couple accounts too. So Beautiful. It's, we're expanding, but you can also order online at frenchworld.com. And then I have my two Instagram accounts. And the one that we connected on is my personal food account, which is French.squirrel. But if you want just the product, it's FrenchSquirrel.co. So I know it's confusing, but I like to just keep some of it separate because course, some people yeah. don't care about the about what I'm eating for lunch, you know? <laughs> I, I, I do. I like it. <laughs> I'll leave everything linked down below. And um, well, we have to, we have to go out for a restaurant. Oh my then, gosh. Like, yes. I just want to hang out with you. You're so cool. Um, 